When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zaki. And welcome to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zaki along with the Polish Pipe Bomb, Jeff Orlowski in studio, and John Wiedemann from RacingNation.com. And uh, make sure you check out GreatLakesDragway.com online uh, for their 2020 season passes where you can get them now. One of the best buys in racing. Also, check them out on Facebook at the uh, Great Lakes Dragway on Facebook. And you can also, there should be a link on there also that will direct you to their gift shop and get those 2020 season passes. Good all year long. And also, you can check us out also, TFI. Uh, the Final Inspection Show on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter. Me, you can follow Steve Zotke, Z-A-U-T-K-E. And Jeff, how do we follow you? Jeff underscore Orlowski, no W, O-R-L-O-S-K-I. And uh, John? Pretty much just check out racingnation.com. There you go. Yeah. I like that. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, a man who is who is underground when it comes to social media, uh, but we don't mind. It is Guy Hobbs. Who is our IndyCar expert? Welcome to the show, that guy. Well, thank you. Glad to be a part of it. <laughs> so, and, and you're right, I am underground. <laughs> underground. <laughs> and uh, it's only 22 days until the season opener in St. Pete, and uh, uh, the the cars this year are certainly going to look a bit different, aren't they? They're certainly going to look a little different, uh, and they, they certainly sound a little different. However, I think the show is also going to be different and will be very exciting. So when um, with St. Pete coming up and Indy, uh, I, I think one of the best things that happened in IndyCar last year was everything was consolidated onto one broadcast network, that's NBC, and they're setting up once again for expanded coverage. One thing I always enjoyed Going back to, if you want to call it the heyday for many in uh, when it comes to IndyCar and Carton, uh, was coming home after work uh, on a weekday and watching uh, ESPN and their daily coverage at uh, Indianapolis. And that's you can do that once again with the NBC Gold Package uh, with, with online. And the online content 
and expanded coverage has certainly changed the world of uh, auto racing, motorsports. You can pretty check out pretty much check out anything you want, can't you, guy? It certainly can online, and of course, all the drivers in particular now are all so accessible to. I mean, before you, if you wanted to talk to somebody or get a word with any driver, you had to set it up a day ahead of time, and then they maybe if they had time, they would talk to you. Now, of course, they're all wide open and they're all uh, texting and emailing and online and Twittering the entire time. So, I mean, you can pretty much talk to anybody you want any time now. And they're all open. They're, the, the great thing about the... I know, I know this happened years and years ago is they had a meeting with all the drivers. It must be 15 years ago. And they said, you need to make yourselves much more accessible to the media if you're going to get any kind of recognition or acknowledgement. And that's certainly something IndyCar has addressed and they've done, and they've done it very well. And um, you see people on there um, all the time. And just I get Twitter messages nonstop from half the In fact, I've had to ask them to stop sending them to me. <laughs> One of those guys who's, who's done a very good job of that is James Hinchcliffe, and uh, he picked up a ride uh, this year with Andretti Autosport, didn't he? Yes, I think he's doing um, well. He's doing Indianapolis, and I think he's doing just the just the road courses. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and I also I just read somewhere yesterday. I think someone's picked up a, a deal to do just the oval courses. So, uh, but I I need to check in on that. I, 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 it was a quick read. <laughs> well, I, I'm in Elkhart Lake, so everything's quick. <laughs> How's the weather up there today? Well, it, it's lovely. It, it's one of those fake days when you look out the window and you go, gosh, look at that blue sky and lovely sunny weather. And then you look at the people walking by in their hats, coats, earmuffs, and snow sleds as they <laughs> go by. You know, uh, I, can, I can actually hear a lot of, there's, I think there's some kind of snowmobile event going on at the Sheboygan Marsh this weekend. And I can hear them racing out there too. So I'm in a, a semi-rural area. You hear the droning of the snowmobile engines in the distance. So that's um, a. Uh, I'm I'm a fan of the Odd Couple. I love the movie, and I love the the, the old series uh, with with Felix and Oscar. Is there more of an Odd Couple guy in in IndyCar than Sebastian Bourdais and AJ Foyt? Uh, I, I can't think. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't think of one. Uh, although, actually, A.J. Foyt did, uh, uh, I'm trying to think who it was now, but a number of years ago, same thing. He had, a, I think it was a, another French driver drive for him. And at the time, everybody was like, this is just not going to work. And sure enough, it, it didn't work. Uh, but no, I can't imagine two completely different personalities, characters, and, you know, A.J., of course, being from the... Uh, ovals and USAC and American racing and everything and Sebastian Bourdais coming in speaking French having snails for dinner after <laughs> AJ's got to look at him and go weirdo but but he's quick but of course uh, he's getting old now as far as the series is concerned for Sebastian uh, that is yes yeah yes yeah well AJ's been old for a long time <laughs> uh, but, but Sebastian I mean, these days, it seems like to me, you've got to be about 21, 22, and by the time you're 26, you're done. 
It almost seems that way. Uh, with McLaren coming into the series, uh, how how big of a deal is that for IndyCar? Uh, that's just funny you should ask. You would think with McLaren and their worldwide uh, following, uh, particularly obviously in England, and every, uh, it would generate some kind of interest. But, I mean, I speak to my friends back in England all the time and talk about IndyCar, and, and they're just... Half of them still don't even know what IndyCar is. So I'm hoping that the McLaren connection uh, will generate some more interest there. But even the Formula One has lost interest in England as far as um, viewerships and Mm -hmm. crowds uh, quite largely. Uh, I, I don't know why, whether it's the coverage or whether it's just the racing is not that exciting. Uh, but of course, the IndyCar racing is so exciting, and I mean, there's more overtaking on in one lap in, in, in IndyCar than there is in a season of Formula One. So, uh, uh, what's happened in England, or well, particularly in Europe these days, it seems to me that the saloon car, or, um, sports car, mm-hmm. has has taken over, and you can go, uh, you know, for a race weekend, twenty bucks to the Silverstone or Brands Hatch, and you can watch three great races over the course of a weekend and there's 30 cars involved and there's lots of banging and crashing and spinning and punch-ups afterwards and and then everybody gets together and has a cup of tea and goes okay see you next weekend you know what you know there was two kind of f1 indycar renaissances of course of the mid-60s with jimmy clark and graham hill yoke and rent who came over jackie stewart uh, you know, with Lola and Lotus and everything, there's a lot of uh, crossover between the two. And then the second one was in the in the early '90s when you had Nigel Mania, you had Emerson Fittipaldi over here, and and several other drivers, and even you know to a lesser amount, uh, Mark Blundell and Guzman and those kind of guys. Um, are, is that something that we could be seeing again in the near future? Is this a, a way for maybe IndyCar to capitalize on that with with F1 kind of in a, you know, let's face it, Mercedes is just taking over the series. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, when, when you go into it, you're wondering, you know, how much is Lewis Hamilton going to win by this week? Or, you know, is Botas going to be able to do something? Is is this a an opportunity for IndyCar to make a little bit of a move? Not, not, to, not to challenge F1, but just maybe siphon off a, a few of the fans? I, it, I mean, it certainly is a great opportunity, um, and not to slam IndyCar, but when I was working with ESPN and Speed Channel and covering IndyCar, and it, at the time we were going to 110 nations, the international ESPN international feed, uh, but it, uh, and we would speak to the director of the domestic show, the, the American show. And we would say, could we please see some more? I know they're at the back, but could we please see more of Mark Blundell and people like that, Mauricio Guzman? Um, and, of course, they said, no, no, the Americans aren't interested. And we kept saying, well, we're going to 100-and-something countries, and all these people are very interested. Mm-hmm. And until you give them someone, you know, they're not going to follow, I hate to say it, but they're not going to follow Marco Andretti or... Um, Hinchcliffe or people like that particularly because they, A, they don't know them and they haven't seen them coming up through the ranks and coming over to America. 
I, I think obviously the Indianapolis 500 still has its mass appeal, um, but it's, some of the other races just not. I, I, and of course, we've seen that domestically too. For example, the Milwaukee Mile, you know, where that race disappeared for a while, and but it, but it's still Milwaukee Mile is probably some of the best racing IndyCar ever had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, is that somebody? Does Marcus Erickson or or uh, Alexander Rossi, who has Formula One experience, I mean, there's 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 still fans out there that are kind of wondering, you know, well, let's see what he they can do in form or in IndyCar. Is that does that move the I, meter at all? I, I think Alexander Rossi certainly does. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm not so sure about Marcus Erickson, but I mean, England in particular is such a racing nation; they they can't get enough racing, whether it's Formula Ford. Uh, on a local level at Alton Park in a rainy, windy, crappy afternoon, or whether it is Formula One. I mean, they're out to watch all forms of racing. And, of course, if they've got someone to root for, it makes a huge difference. And that's, you know, when, like you mentioned, Nigel Mansell, when he came over, at that point, the IndyCar ratings in England were higher than the Formula One ratings for quite some time. Um Unfortunately, a certain Mr. Eccleston didn't like it so much, and they pretty much had the kibosh put on the IndyCar coverage in Europe. Um, but, it, I, I mean, there's plenty of viewers out there, and people follow, obviously, their local guy, and it's the same as if Aaron Rodgers was to go to some other team. I'm sure there'd be a bunch of Wisconsin people, just like when Brett Favre left, that follow Aaron Rodgers, not so much the Packers, you know. All right, let's take a quick break here, uh, Guy. We'll hold you over for one more segment here. When we come back, we'll be talking about uh, uh, some more news coming up in the Indy cars and what, what's coming up coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Joining us on the Great Midwest Spank Hotline, it is Guy Hobbs. Guy, welcome back to the show, sir. Thank you. Glad to be here. And uh, I, this is one one story in the IndyCar side that kind of intrigues me, and we talked about it a little bit last week, uh, and that's uh, uh, Scott McLaughlin for the uh, Australian Supercars driver, uh, champion driver, in fact, with Team Penske. Who tested uh, with the captain at uh, uh, I think it was Sebring or Circuit of the Americas? Very, very fast right off the bat, and now it looks like he's going to be running the Indianapolis Grand Prix. That's on the road course before the 500. And uh, guy, that's a it's a pretty interesting story. And as we said last week, you know Penske doesn't do anything just on a whim, so he 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 must have seen something in this driver, didn't he? Uh- He's obviously seen something in him, and he, or if Roger hasn't seen something in him, one of his men has seen something in him. Uh, but all the way back to where he, Roger, picked out Mark Donahue back in 1969 or 1970 or something, 
he can spot talent. We know that. He's had Helio Castroneves for a number of years, and we've known he's very good. Um, and, and he obviously, if he, he he realizes if he doesn't have the, what he needs for IndyCar, Roger can give it to him, basically, and train him to become the next, hopefully, IndyCar champion. It'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with, with him. And, uh, yeah, I just think, uh, you know, with, with – with, I, I I love stories like this. I love uh, seeing uh, John, uh, a, a, a kid that can go from one series to another almost seamlessly and be fast right off the bat. Uh, in the old days, I talk about the old, old days, because drivers used to go from series to series to series, and, um, sure. possibly on, in one weekend, even run two or three different series. Or in England, it's so small... It, they would possibly run one race on a Saturday at one track and a completely different track, completely different car on the Sunday and just run between the two circuits. So it's now it's good to see these people coming from other disciplines and hopefully running more than just one discipline. Uh, it's got to the point where they, the drivers have now become, okay, this is what I drive. I don't drive anything else. And then we used to see a lot of them come and maybe do the 24 hours of Daytona or go over and do the 24 hours of Le Mans, but now that, now they're even getting specific where they're not going to do those series either anymore. And guy, it seems like one, we're, we're one getting. Guy I'd really like to see in IndyCar would be Jordan Taylor. Yes, yeah. I, I would love to see him get an opportunity. Guy, it seems like we're getting some some drivers from from Europe. Definitely, IndyCar is getting interest from them. Is is there any guys that you see this year that are going to maybe kind of surprise us, pop up and and Maybe do something like what Colton Herta did last year. From Europe, you're saying? Well, you're some of these new guys that, that are in the series. Anybody at all? Yeah, any of the rookies that are coming in? Well, uh, no, <laughs> unfortunately not. There's, there's no one that's standing out to me at uh, one particular moment now. Uh, years ago, there was a guy I picked. Um, called Hoover Orsi, and he had raced in the South American Formula 3 series, and he had dominated this series in a not a dominating car. And at the time, I said, this kid's going to be the next Formula 1 star. I think he won an uh, Atlantic race at Milwaukee, didn't he? He won an Atlantic race in Milwaukee. Yeah. He, ended up, he ended up becoming a Formula 1 test driver. I think, I think it was for McLaren. Uh, and he obviously did something wrong, or he ran out of money, but he has basically gone back to farming in Argentina at this point. But he was, I, I had my eye picked on him. Another guy I had some years ago was, um, uh, he's a Dumillon, Dumillon, Jean-Philippe Dumillon or something. Uh, and he was a French-Canadian driver in the IMSA series, and I thought he was fantastic. And I just found out the other day he's now running Canadian uh, cast car series. Oh, yeah. Okay. I thought for sure he was going to go on to be. So I guess my picks aren't that good. <laughs> well, there's certainly there, there's certainly been a lot of drivers you see come up over the years. You think it's a, it's a can't miss. And, I mean, that, that's true with anything. You know, how many times have we seen a guy – do well, you know, top guy in high school, he moves on to college, he goes, he does very well, but 
doesn't really make it in the pro level. And there's, there's, you know, whatever, uh, sport you're going into, you're going to certainly follow that. I'm trying to think of a driver. I thought that was going to be a can't miss, but, uh, one guy just popped into my head. Uh, and I know a guy will remember this one was Mike Thackwell. He was a young oh. British driver who was, everybody thought was going to be world champion. Didn't they? Uh, they certainly did. And of course he cleaned up in the British formula three, I think he started off at uh, British Formula Ford, and he cleaned up in that series, and he did the British Formula 3 series, and he cleaned up on that. And you're right. Everybody thought that's it, that this guy's going to go on to become world champion. I think the only time you read about Mike Sackwell now in England is if you get fish and chips and it's wrapped up in newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he, in fact, he actually um, had drove an IndyCar for uh, Roger Penske for a race. I forget what track, but I think I want to say 84. This was after Amir's got injured at San Aaron. They, had a, they were bringing in a multi, multiple guys to replace him for the, through the end of the year. But, yeah, there's always certain a lot of lot of drivers like that that's that just kind of flame out, unfortunately. Yes, yes. And I don't know why it is that they flame out, whether it's um, they don't have the sponsorship or – of course, you upset the wrong person, and you're just immediately out anyway. Um, but well, there's the politics not... too, guy, isn't it? I mean, how how important is that in 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 especially in Europe? The the, the politics of racing there is so very important. And you look like a guy, uh, um, you know, so many times we've we've had drivers that just for whatever reason weren't able to navigate the the rough uh, politics of of the upper echelons of Formula One, isn't that true? Uh, well, yes, the, the politics is, the, the the political games that go on are just incredible. Tommy Byrne is one guy, right? Well, <laughs> he's a classic example. Of, uh, but I think there might be slightly more to his story. Yes, that's uh, true, uh, though. <laughs> it, it, he didn't help himself. Uh, Tommy Byrne, for those that don't know, he was, I mean, he won the Indy Lights Championship uh, twice, I believe. He won everything in Europe. Uh, he's written a great book, and he came over to America to be make his fame and fortune. And and actually, he had a test drive for Formula One, and he said the wrong thing to the wrong person. Uh, that person being Ron Dennis, and that was it. Ron Dennis told him there and then on on the pit lane at Silverstone at the test, said, "You will never drive in Formula One ever again." And sure enough, he never did drive in Formula One ever again. Yeah, his book. Uh, he he's still hanging on. And I speak to Tommy every now and again. He's still hanging on. Uh, still sort of involved in racing a little bit. He's an instructor, I think, right at Mid Ohio. Well, he, the last time he, I heard. He, he's an instructor at the Mid Ohio School, and he also does some side work for I think Porsche um, at various locations around the country as a as an instructor. When you get your new portion, he shows you how how to drive it properly. Yes, Crash yeah, and Burn is the book. Go to Amazon dot com. It's I highly highly recommend it, especially it, it, especially it's one of those reads. It's one of those reads where you open up, you read the first page, and you go, "Well, no wonder the guy didn't make it." <laughs> and then and then as you go on, it's like, "Oh my god!" This. I mean, I I worked with Tommy for a number of years, and I knew him for I've known him for years. And half the stuff, 
uh, I did not know until I read the book. And when I read the book, I went, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Crash and Burn is the book. It is Burn, like his last name, B-Y-R-N-E, and then D, uh, Crash and Burn. Uh, get get the book. Just, just a chapter on him racing open-wheel cars in Mexico is worth the <laughs> price of admission for that book. It's incredible, the stuff that was going on down there. So, yeah, make sure uh, – you check that out. It's a good read. So, Guy, we certainly appreciate you coming on the show and look forward to chatting with you again. Uh, thank you for having me on. It was my pleasure. All right. And if anyone feels like coming up to Elkhart Lake, bring a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That was Guy. Guy Hobbs on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit GreatMidwestBank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. Coming up next, we're going to have three questions with Larry on next on the Final Inspection Show. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 